Welcome to The Business Strategist, the show that gives business owners and entrepreneurs game-changing business strategies that can be used in scaling and transforming a business. Sharing deep-dive conversations with industry experts, thought leaders and clients, facing real challenges and uphill struggles. Brought to you by Business Strategist, former elite athlete, international speaker and best-selling author, Adam Strong. Everybody and welcome to the Business Strategist, ladies and gents, uh, with myself, Adam Strong, uh, looking forward to today's conversations. And, you know, um, I love to, you know, I love to jam with, uh, you know, just jam and have some really cool conversations uh, with really cool people. And uh, today we're going to be joined with uh, a really good friend of mine who actually we've been in the same kind of circle of influence of friends of people over on Facebook for a number of years, but we haven't really had that opportunity to really kind of have that, I don't know, fun conversation, if you like. But his name's called Daniel Lato. Uh, for you guys that don't know who he is, uh, Dan's been living in Spain for the last 10 years. He's lucky sod. Um, but he uh, he's actually been in the property game for probably the best part of around 25 years. Uh, but he owns a digital marketing agency, um, and it helps basically business owners like you guys generate leads, create content, get yourself visible on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he's also a podcast host of the Daniel Lato podcast show, talking everything around property and uh, real estate and everything, things like that. So, um, so what are the things that we're going to be talking about, ladies and gents, today? Well, I really wanted to talk to Dan a little bit about his backstory, but also wanted to talk to him a little bit about what you guys need to do in terms of like adjusting your marketing uh, and lead generation strategies moving into 24. I feel like this is a really good conversation because, you know, marketing is changed. It's ever evolving, you know, with algorithms and, you know, about the fact that you maybe you might feel like your marketing or your content marketing more specifically is not hitting the note with your audience. We're going to explore and talk a little bit about that because sometimes it can be a little bit, I don't know, frustrating, a little bit disconcerting, whether it comes to, you know, putting out lots of content out there and it's just not hitting the right bells and whistles. Do you know what I mean? So um, also going to talk a little bit about uh, Dan's experience in uh, working with uh, uh, organic versus uh, paid, of course. So we're going to be talking about uh, content ads, things like that. So everything around that. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, ladies and gents. For you guys that are listening in live, use the hashtag live, use the hashtag replay, of course. If you listen to this on the podcast, then congratulations. Make sure you check out all of Dan's links below. And uh, you reach out to him and uh, him and his team will be more than kind to uh, to uh, get back to you as soon as possible. Just make sure that you mention the podcast, of course. Anyway, enough chit chat from me. Dan, welcome to the show. And welcome. Thank you very much. What a, a lovely introduction that was. That was full of energy. That's what I'm all about, my friend. Uh, full of energy. I mean, you're full of energy. I was actually watching, interestingly enough, I was actually watching one of your YouTube, uh, YouTube with you sitting in the car and just kind of like just having a, like a casual, you know, drive and talking about content. I actually felt that kind of cool. I, I would just like those types of videos. I just kind of wanted to congratulate you on that. Thank you. And I think, you know what, you were uh, talking in your introduction about the changes in marketing. And as you were giving that introduction, 
I was kind of thinking about one of the major changes that I think we've found is that we've moved away from this idea of corporate marketing to more personal marketing. Like yeah. people buy from people and people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. So if they don't know you, they're never going to buy from you. If they don't like you, they're also not going to buy from you. <laughs> and and so people kind of don't want to do things like that, like videoing themselves, because they say, but what if somebody doesn't like me? And I guarantee someone's not going to like you at some point, right? And that's fine. The idea on personal branding and personal marketing is that you get 50% of people to hate you and 50% of people to love you. That's amazing because those 50% that hate you, they'll never get on a call, they'll never waste your time, they'll never speak to you behind your back. Fine. Those people that love you, they are going to get on a call. They are going to speak to you in front (laughs) of your face and they're going to buy lots of stuff again and again. And so uh, I think we're moving away from this corporate marketing kind of thing into more of this personal branding. And so those little videos I do, they're usually five minutes long. I'm actually on my way to CrossFit on the morning. I'm not doing anything else. I've got spare time. Let's just hit record, do a video with whatever's going on in my brain. Sometimes it's not very good. (laughs) But often there's little golden nuggets that comes out of that, and then we share those as well. And in terms of brand building, it works really, really well for us. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Like when you do those types of calls, I don't know about you, but what I love about what you do actually more specifically is you're a realist. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you've been, you've done this for such a long period of time. Yeah. So like you can smell bullshit from a mile off, you know, all the BS tactics and sleazy, unethical marketing tactics that are out there. Like you, you're completely the opposite. Like it doesn't, do you know what I mean? Like I just wanted to kind of put that out there because there is a lot of, like bs out there which you know and the whole kind of i don't know kind of fake it before you make it kind of bs it just doesn't appeal to me like you know what i mean like yeah you're going to attract those types of people but no thank you no, no i think no sorry i think in 2024 one of the biggest things that's missing out of our society right now and increasingly so is trust and i think that mm. People have had enough. They don't trust politicians. They don't trust the adverts on the TV. They don't trust any of it. And so the way that we present out in the real world is one of authenticity. We are who we are. We swear. We make mistakes. We sometimes admit those mistakes. Sometimes we sweep them under the carpet and hope nobody sees it. You know, we're just human like everybody else. And I think this, this idea of being an influencer, I think the old influencer is these, you know, thousands and thousands of views on, on YouTube or tens or millions of thousands, uh, millions of views on YouTube. And that's not necessarily what it's about. You know, if we, mm-hmm. we do a, a YouTube video and it gets 25 views, that's awesome. That's a coffee shop worth of people <laughs> listening to my five minute spiel about whatever it happens to be. And it's authentic. And one of the biggest compliments we get is when we meet people in real life and then they go, oh, you're just like you are on your videos. Oh, you sound just like you do on your... It's, it's like, mate, I'm not putting that on. Who would put on that accent for a start? You know, I'm not putting it on. We're just very natural and very normal. And I think people expect this idea that you should do clickbait headlines and your videos should be like really professional, sat in a newsroom in a suit. And it's like, no, that's not authentic. That's not who we are. I, I was doing a live stream last week and Amazon turned up with a delivery. And I'm like, oh, so the dogs are barking. And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. I'll be back in a minute. So I I left, went and answered Amazon, ran back. Hey, we're back. Opened it up. Oh, look, this is what we bought. I can't remember what it was now. But it's like, that's authentic. doesn't have to be this idea that you have to be posh or 
fancy or smooth. Just be you. And I always think, you know, there's not enough Dan in the world, right? So the world needs more Dan, uh, just as the world needs more Adam. And and you should be yourself and be who you are and embrace that and, and be more you. The world needs it, I think. No, I agree. I agree. I, th- I feel like, you know, we live in such a judgmental world as well. And I feel, I think that we all need to get over uh, the whole kind of like judgmental. Thing. In fact, I wrote a, a really interesting um, uh, carousel last week about, you know, the biggest fear is about being judged, right? Whether it be on social media or whether it be the fact that you're comparing yourself to others, that kind of stuff. Like it's such a, yeah, you know, it's such a messy thing or whatever it is, but we all do it. We're all, we all kind of like, you know, we're all not perfect individuals type of thing but i think if you come across that and i and i'm absolutely in agreement with what you're saying with regards to the whole kind of like personal trust other stuff i was talking about it in 23 I, it's going to continue that trend i think in 24 yeah. i think you're actually 100 mark on anyway i want to get straight in because you've been <clears throat> in obviously in the ball game you've been in the property you've been a property investor for the last 25 years and been doing a lot of things i mean you, your, your background's quite fascinating because you've, you're, you're obviously the owner of, of a marketing agency and you, you know, talk about entrepreneurship and that kind of stuff. But tell us a little bit about the backstory. Like, how do you, how did you get to where you are right now? Like, what, what's kind of been the journey? Like, what, was there any catalyst? Was there any kind of like hiccups along the way? Love yeah. to hear, uh, I mean, lots of, lots of hiccups, lots of catalysts, lots of people saying, you're not good enough. You won't amount to anything. You're useless. My 11-year-old daughter's brighter than you. That was from Mr. Jones at Templemore High School. Thanks for that, uh, school teacher. And so those kind of things motivate you. And then you go into the world of work, and then you're like, you just it's just the same but worse. And then, you know, you get you get a boss that you don't like, and he can't see the bigger picture, just sees what's right in front of his nose. And I never kind of really gelled with working for somebody else. I think that was number one. And then number two was, I like the idea of freedom, financial freedom. I like the idea of getting up and going. In fact, we were just talking before we came live. On Friday, I have cheesecake at 11. And, and I actually stayed there and got sunburned at the beach bar uh, down by where we live. And I love that, to go, do you know what? I'm just going to clear my desk for the afternoon. I'm just going to sit here. We're going to have lunch. We're going to have a, um, a mojito. And I loved it. And it was wonderful. I loved that. So that's one of the catalysts, which is very forward thinking in terms of freedom. Um, but also, I like the idea of earning cash when I'm sleeping. So that's why we went into property. But in order to do that, you've got to generate the cash in the first place. So from the age of 26 to the age of 30, I went from earning 15 grand a year to 100 grand a year in four years flat. And I was just an, a total, utter job. I, don't, I, I won't use the word I was going to use, but a job. Pussy, maybe a better word than the word I was going to use. And I went from job to job to job. I'd get a job and I'd be recruiting for my next job. I'd get that one. I'd be applying for my next one. And everyone said, oh, no, pe- people won't like that. Oh, no, people won't. People loved it because I want, they could see the drive. And so the last job was at Dell. Uh, I left there before I turned 30 and went into property full time. But the catalysts were not enjoying working for somebody else or having to answer to somebody else. And I loved the idea of earning money while I, I was asleep. And so property, you know, this idea of passive income, first of all, it's not passive, but this idea of you get paid regardless, that was really what drove me. And after 25 years, uh, 51 now, after 25 years, 
I am exhausted from it. And now we're actually, you know, we sold a million pounds worth last year. We'll do the same again this year. And we're just beginning to offload some stuff. And now I want a new challenge. And, uh, you know, sometimes the property gets you to where you want to get to, but it won't get you to that next stage and it can hold you back, you know. And then also because I've lived in Spain for 10 years, actually managing uh, several million pounds worth of property in the UK from Spain is quite challenging, needless to say. And uh, it's just tiring. And so now we're on to this new thing. You know, we've pushed um, digital marketing, which we've done for the last 10 years, and we're really going to push that massively in 2024. And it's already begun. We've brought new clients left, right, and centre already this year. Um, through that authenticity that we talked about right at the start of the podcast. Absolutely. So, yep, so that's what's got me from there to here. Love that. Love that. I love that kind of, uh, you know, it's interesting how people start their journey and you know we all we're all different in our own ways you know and we all got our own kind of uniqueness and stuff but listen i'd love to kind of jump on here really really because i had an epiphany and so we want to talk a little bit about marketing lead gen and all that kind of juicy stuff and whatever it might be um what have you found like from your perspective i know you could talk about specific pro uh platforms if you want to have you seen any particular trends or have you seen anything that uh, on specific types of platforms that you thought was very effective for a lot of small business, business owners or whatever it is that you think, do you know what, this is going to be around for a good six to nine months or whatever it is, you know, because marketing is ever, ever evolving, isn't it, Dan? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, it all comes back to content for me. I know we're going to talk about paid as well. Paid's got a very specific uh, purpose when you're running a business, but producing more content. uh, But recently, the move to shorter videos, less than a minute long, that go out on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube in particular. And it's not one platform that makes the difference. And it goes out onto LinkedIn as well. And it's not one platform. It's all of the platforms. It's like baking a cake. It's not the eggs that make a cake. It's not the salt that makes a cake. It's not the flour. It's the combination of all of those and the the different ingredients of what makes the whole cake work, right? So, but but more importantly than all of that is the content that then sits on those platforms. So, for example, you know, I do my live stream. I normally live stream once a day for 20 minutes. And out of that once a day for 20 minutes, we might not get many people watching. But out of that one live stream, we pull out a podcast that goes on to iTunes and Spotify and Amazon. My kids are still amazed that Daddy's on blooming iTunes. Uh, how have you done that, Dad? You know, they're either proud or embarrassed or both, you know. Um, so we pull the MP3 out that goes out onto that platform. And this is about extending reach right now. So that, you know, right. remember what we said, people have to know, like, and trust you. They can't yeah. like and trust you if they don't know you. So they have to get to know you. How do you do that? You've got to get in front of them. And then, so we've got the podcast going out uh, as an audio stream on Spotify and iTunes. And then the shorter videos uh, will get uploaded to YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn and so on. All at the same time, we don't do one video for YouTube and, oh, no, this video has to go onto Instagram. Because it's like, well, I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram and I watch YouTube and I'm on all these different platforms. Why, why should I only get this video about finance on Instagram and this video on property on TikTok. Why? It doesn't make any sense to me that. So we, and I know some people, have, you know, Gary V, for example, would disagree with that, and that's fine. But that's what works for us. Mm-hmm. And 
we put out an incredible amount of content every day. So we do four short videos a day, one live stream every day, one audio podcast every day. And then uh, in between all of that, littered in between it, we have images that go out every day. You know, we post between six and ten times every single day. Uh, so that's why we actually just do it across all platforms all at once because that's just an immense amount of content to begin with, right? Yeah. That's the difference that's made the difference in 2023 for us, and we're doubling down on that in 2024, is live streaming, moving that and pulling out smaller, shorter videos. That's mm -hmm. the thing that gets us in front of as many more people. And then 50% hate it, 50% love it, like we said before. Might not be, it might be 70, 30, it might be 10% love it, 90% hate it. Lovely. Whatever it is, totally cool with it. Um, and the more of that content we do, the more strategy sessions we get scheduled into my calendar. And so Interesting. it works. Interesting. Uh, how have you, I, I mean, I know that you um, mentioned right at the very end about the strategy sessions. That's what you're measuring in terms yeah. of like the success <clears throat> of it. But what other sort of, I mean, from, from, from a listener's perspective, it was creating content, you know, whether it be live streaming, whether it be carousels, whether it be text, yeah. whatever it, it might be. But how, how have you found, apart from the amount of booking in terms of appointments, how have you found other, what other metrics, what other analytics are you using to make sure that your, I suppose your, your content is hitting the no or is being effective? Yeah. So it's an interesting question and we kind of go opposite to what most people think. I think most people are looking for likes and engagement and followers we don't yeah. really care about that, to be honest. Because, vanity metrics, yeah. Yeah, it is vanity. You can put as much content out as you want, but if you're not getting strategy sessions, that, you know, likes don't pay the bills, right? So it's, it's how many strategy sessions did we get this week compared with last week or this month compared with last month? Mm -hmm. And then it's the mm -hmm. conversion from that strategy session to a paying customer. And actually, mm -hmm. that conversion has an effect from the content that we put out. So, you know, I could put out TikTok dances where I'm dancing to God knows what, right? That might get <laughs> millions of views because it's incredibly bad, but is that going to convert to a, a strategy session? And people might just book a strategy session to find out who this weirdo is doing his dances, <laughs> right? But it, again, it's not going to convert to a bottom line. So those likes, again, don't get us any income, cash True. flow. We can't pay bills with it. So it's irrelevant. So... I mean, you know, we we measure all our video views. We measure all our subscribers on YouTube and views on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we keep an eye on it, but it's not the main key performance indicator for us. How many strategy sessions and what's the conversion rate from those strategy sessions? And then, like last week, we had SEO week and we made yeah. some sales off that. And And then what will happen is that going into this week and next week, we'll also make some sales. But that's not from the work we've done today. That's from the work we did last week. So it's really important to track back, if possible. Where did you hear from us? What video was it even? That can be quite difficult. Mm -hmm. But it's not about, I'll give you an example. We had a client and it was a business coaching client. It was a five grand uh, payment. And he found us on Saturday night uh, on my iTunes channel. Then he went to YouTube to check me out, because this is what people do. They check you out across all the platforms. Went to YouTube, booked a strategy session from this YouTube video. But bear in mind, he found me on uh, iTunes first, not the YouTube video. But because of the YouTube video, he then scheduled a call. And by 
Uh, I was actually picking someone up from the airport at 8 a.m. Sunday morning. And I'm like, dude, we can just have a quick call. I'm waiting for someone at the airport, 8 o'clock, let's do it. By 11 a.m., the money was in the bank. So <laughs> so it's like, well, what part of that made, made the closing of the sale happen? Was it yeah. the iTunes or was it the video or was it the, you know, closing someone in an airport car park? What was it? I don't know. But without the iTunes podcast going out, because we repurposed those MP3s, he wouldn't have found the video. And without the video, he wouldn't have booked a call. That video had 173 viewers uh, views on it at that time. Oh, wow. And okay. most people would go, well, it's not worth it because no one's yeah, watching sure. my content. It's like, no, 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 no. You're looking at the wrong things here. It's irrelevant. Mm. Produce mm. content. Forget about vanity metrics. Produce every single day. Go live every day. Pull out shorts every single day. Obviously, it's time-consuming. You need a system to be set up for that. But that's the difference. And again, going back to the start of this conversation, this is the difference between being very corporate and that corporate branding, which is fine. You know, this stuff wouldn't work for Coca-Cola, for example. Seeing yep. the CEO of Coca-Cola doing his, you know, five-minute um, video in his car on the way to CrossFit, that's probably not going to work. It's a different product. <laughs> We're not at that stage. Most of our clients are not at that stage. They're mm. uh, SME business owners between one to 50 um, staff members. Mm. They ha they're not on this corporate thing. People buy from people, and people want to know who you are. They're going to love you or they're going to hate you. Either is fine. And then they're going to book calls. And then they're going to close. And then on that call, you know, when someone gets on that strategy call, they already know they're going to buy. They already know they like us. They just want to know, drill down into some specifics and how much is it really going to cost. Yeah. They're already to, ready to buy. You yeah. know, our closing rate on a call is like 92%, I think. It's very, very wow. high. Wow. So it's because we pre-sale them through all the content. It makes sales so much easier. I've got uh, an interesting uh, question here, actually, because yeah. you offer, obviously, strategy sessions. Now, some of our listeners don't have that in place for whatever mm. reason. They might have something else. But I wanted to kind of like, I don't know, challenge... I suppose, like the methodology more than anything else, because, you know, you talked about trust and I feel like that 100% definitely on point there. Like, do you feel like, because I know that with some people that they don't use, they don't give people access to a strategy session straight away purely because they want people to be a lot more further along the line. So like yeah. they, they you're, you're kind of being a little bit more choosy or picky as to who you take on board. You know what I mean? So, you know, for example, um, you know, they might have some sort of quiz that you might want to get them to do, or you might, you, you know, they want them, they, they want to uh, get the prospect to do a few more things in order yeah. to, do, do, you see, do you see what I mean? Yeah, 100%. What's, so what's your take on that? I mean, uh, you know, again, it's kind of like between a chicken and egg situation, really. Like, what's right, what's wrong? I, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on your business, right? So, yes, everyone should have a qualification process in place to some extent, okay? But you show me a business owner without a problem, well, you won't be able to, right? There are no such <laughs> things, right? So my job on that strategy session is not to sell. My job is to diagnose. Yep. So when you go in with that attitude, the entire call is different than I need you to buy this website or I need you to buy a content package or Google pay-per-click. It's like, well, hang on a second. What's the problem? What are you struggling yeah. with right now? Like yeah. in business, I mean, not, I don't need all your personal problems, but what are you struggling with? And then we'll go, and there's only five or six different problems, not enough cash flow, can't close sales, uh, the suppliers aren't paying them. 
So it's like, well, have we got a solution for, for people whose suppliers aren't paying them? Yes, we have. It's called a merchant cash advance. So my job is to diagnose what is the problem and go, okay, well, we can talk about marketing, but why don't we try and solve this cash flow problem first with a merchant cash advance, which is um, just so you know, it's a, an advance on credit card payments that your customers make. If you can pull that into your business for short periods of time, works really well. We've just done one for a hotelier. Obviously, hotels, it's January, definitely time of year. Uh, Booking.com aren't paying them, which has happened quite a lot. So they they need a, a gap. So like my job is to diagnose that. Now, if I'd have said, have you got money to spend on marketing? They would go, no. So they wouldn't even get on a call. I can't help them if they're not on a call. I can't make money if they're not on a call. Nobody yeah. wins. I can now get them on a call and go, so what's going on? Go, well, I want to do marketing, but I've got these other cash flow problems. Oh, okay, let's talk about those first. And let's see if we can solve those. So yes to qualification to some extent. But I I think too many business try and automate this specific process. Mm. And it's like, why are you trying to automate the thing that you shouldn't be automating? Mm. Imagine a a robot coming to your bedside because you're ill. That's the last thing that you want. They might be more accurate than a doctor which may be true, right? And certainly in the next few years, I'm sure that will be true. But we still want a person there to understand, you know, these are my problems and this is, this is what you have to diagnose. And if we can solve this, then we can move on to that. So then it's like, okay, so it gives us a much more bird's eye view of what's really going on in their business and actually what the problems are. And then just to finish on this, what, when someone says, this is my problem, I'm um, dubious as to is that actually the problem? Because many people misdiagnose what the problem is. So right. I'll give you an example. Uh, Dan, my marriage is breaking down. Uh, I don't know what to do. It's not my fault. It's like, oh, okay, let's let's look at that, shall we? Is it really <laughs> your fault? When, when was date night? When was compliment night? How many times did you do the washing up this week? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, or, or I'm, I'm depressed. Okay, fine. I understand depression's a real thing. Have you danced this week? Have you worked out this week? Have you watched comedy? Have you gone to the pub with your mates? What? No, no, none of that. Okay. So let's get those things first, and then let's see if you're depressed. You're not depressed. You're just bored sometimes, right? Or loneliness, for example, which is a massive, massive issue. So it's just getting that diagnosis right for business owners is, is for us, is the most important bit. And sometimes the diagnosis is we can't help you. Totally cool. And we'll spend longer with them on the phone because we want them to get the help that they need, whatever the help that might be, from mental health to better financing. It might be they need to refinance something. Who knows, right? But we'll help them go down the right path. And so that's what we're there for is to help them diagnose them so they can get the right whatever it is to help them. And then I guess once you've diagnosed and and you're kind of making some suggestions and recommendations, you'd probably schedule a follow-up call of some sort, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, love that. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, marketing trends because, I mean, Mark, honestly, I mean, you could, I could read a, a, a marketing book from last year and it's probably already out of date. Um, <laughs> and, you, you know, because that's just life, right? But yeah. I'd love to kind of know what, like, in your agency, and especially working with your clients, um, what are some of the, I mean, you mentioned already, you know, the fact that, you know, doing short term, Sorry, uh, short short reels and and things like short term videos and you know you you kind of give us some insights about what you're doing on a day to day basis, which is really cool. What are some of the marketing trends that you know depend on obviously our industry and the problems that we're trying to solve? 
that you're going to kind of keep your eye on. You maybe are just aware of it, but you haven't kind of dipped your toe in. What's again, what, what do you think would be really, what do we need to be aware of in terms of from a marketing perspective that we need to kind of put our radar on and yeah. think, you know what, watch, 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 watch this space and see what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously AI is, is going to change the way that we live. I mean, just looking at uh, Boston Dynamics and the robots that they have coming out of Boston Dynamics. And I, I watched a film on Amazon, I think it was, or Disney called The Creator. And it's just all about AI and robots uh, with uh, acting like humans. And so give it 10 years, you know, we're reaching this point where life is going to be fundamentally different. And, you know, even uh, governments talk about universal basic income for a reason, right? Because they can see us reaching this point uh, at some point. And then your desktop computer in the next 50 years will have more intelligence than you have. Um, that's not putting you down, by the way, Adam. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, and then a collective of computers is just going to, you know, and it's scary times and it's an opportunity, I think. But yeah. one of the things that AI, I don't think we'll be able to get rid of is our fears and our dreams because it can only cope with that based on what it's been programmed with. Yeah. So a couple of things that will never change, copywriting skills. The copywriting yes. that you did in 1924 is the same yeah. as 2024 with a few, with a few um, differences based on society, right? That's That's it. Our hopes and dreams are still there. We want to lose weight. We want to have a happy marriage. We want more sex. We want more money. We want more freedom, right? Those things will never, ever change. AI will come along, and that will impact some of those things, okay? And so from a marketing point of view, you know, if you're not using AI right now, we use ChatGPT almost every day, but we don't copy and paste. So, um, you know, if I was to look at my latest ChatGPT, it's like uh, these are our stats for a, a paid client and we want to write a case study, uh, and we want five really cool points to make about this case study, and off it goes, right? So we get that bit of data, and then we rewrite it based on what what do we want to put out there. And then we might create a video from that. So from an idea creation point of view, AI will come up with all sorts of different solutions for you. The downside of AI is that sometimes it's, it's crap, right? So... People copy and paste it, and you can see it's AI. Um, uh, larger newspapers and some journalists are just, and you can tell. I think there was one, I can't remember the platform it was on. It was so obviously AI generated, it was dreadful. And, and obviously, the problem with AI is it's just going out, looking at other people's stuff, copying it, rewording it, and shoving it out, and going, oh, this is brand new content when it's not. So I don't think that middle person will ever disappear. I think. We're increasingly heading towards personality-driven marketing. And that can be scary because I think people think, oh, well, I don't have a personality. That's me out. And it's like, no, 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 no. You could be the dullest accountant in the room. But if, if you know what you're doing, it doesn't matter how exciting you are, you know what you're doing, right? And so that's actually where the value is. And, and that's an interesting one as well. So if we think about content, you know, if you think about a funnel, so you have content, it goes out on Facebook, you drive people back to the website, you get them booked on a strategy call, you then put them into a sales situation to diagnose them and then and then match you know the things that you sell with what their problems are. Where is the value in that funnel? Well, it's not at the top. It's not in the funnel. It's not in the content. That's not really where the value is. The, the content just drives people to the website. 
And getting people on a website isn't where the value is. The value is getting them onto a booking, uh, a strategy call, and then getting them diagnosed. That's actually where it is. And so one of the things in 2024 that we're changing is we're now moving, and we've just um, set this up for a, a pensions advisor. Uh, we now guarantee them uh, actual appointments booked into their calendar, actual appointments, not content, because content's not worth anything. Anyone can do content. I could film myself drinking a cup of coffee. Right? There's no value in that whatsoever. Or I could get someone scheduled into a, a, a phone call and have, you know, as a pensions advisor, somewhere between 500 and five grand is what he's going to make if he closes them. That's actually where the value is. So that's not to say that you don't need content because how else do you get them to the strategy session without the content? That's the cake again. You can bake a cake without milk i'm guessing but it's going to be the world's most dreadful cake you still need it you need salt you need sugar you need content in order to get people down to this bottom bit and we had another conversation just recently with a client where they're doing paid marketing which is actually getting more bookings than the content marketing right and they're like should we cancel it and we're like no 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 no. the reason why you're getting more paid is because of the content you the reason why the cake works is because the salt you do too much salt, it turns sour or bitter or whatever it is, uh, salty, right? But you still need it. So all of these things are like um, like a, is it a German word, a gestalt. It, it's, a, it's all uh, encompassing. And you take a small bit out because you're trying to save a bit of cash, then the whole thing collapses. So from a marketing point of view, we're definitely moving towards this more character-based marketing because people buy from people who know, like, and trust you. Yep. Love that. Love that. Some good stuff. Now, interestingly enough, some of our listeners or quite a few of our listeners actually hmm. um, depend on referrals and introductions, right? So that's a great way. We, we love referrals and introductions, don't we, Dan? We love yeah. that, right? And, you know, so I'm a big advocate. You're a big advocate. Organic marketing, build brand awareness, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Now, they're just not convinced, right? Whether it be the time, whether it be the money. I think it's more kind of like they feel like they don't have enough time to build lead magnets, to offer quizzes, to offer some sort of value. Mm. But then they whinge and complain about the fact that they don't have enough appointments booked in. They don't have enough leads coming in. What's your advice for those, for the listeners that, that are in a position like that? I mean, you just got to outsource it. It drives me insane. It's like, you know, my car doesn't work. Oh, so I'm going to fiddle with it. And I've got all these bits left uh, at the end of it. And it's like, oh, now my car doesn't work. Well, how much training have you got fixing cars? None. I saw a video on YouTube. It's a £35 weekend course. It's like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? How about you just take it to the mechanic, let him charge you a couple of hundred quid, fix the damn thing. And you go focus on making money or whatever your business is. That's really what you should be doing. And so I understand that people kind of want to save money. And when I make enough money, then I'll do it. But it's, it's like uh, it's always in the future, isn't it? It's always in the future. When I lose some weight, then I'm going to join CrossFit. No, 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 no. Do CrossFit. And if you're carrying a lot of weight and you're doing CrossFit, trust me, you'll lose weight because it's harder carrying extra weight from experience, right? So, like – Take the thing that's going to push you and get the results first and then outsource everything else that you should be outsourcing. I've got a CrossFit coach. I've got a diet coach. I know some about diet. 
and fasting and all that stuff, but I'm not an expert. So I pull in the coach to do it for me so that together we can work out the right strategy. And it's the same with CrossFit. And so if you want to get to success, you've got to pay the people who've already been there. If you want marketing, pay the people who do the marketing. We've got clients across all sorts of sectors from property and uh, gut health, for example. Right through to, we have a sheep shearer, for God's sake, who's one of our clients. <laughs> it drives me insane, right? He gets 300,000 views on a video he did two months ago. 300,000 no. views. Wow. He's shearing a sheep. It's a two-minute video. And you're like, dude, my content is worth so much, and you're just shearing a sheep when he gets all these views. But, you know, so he comes to us to improve on that. And that's what's wow. happening. So, and, and then to sell off his website, because he doesn't know how to sell off his website. He was using Shopify. We've moved him over to WooCommerce on, on WordPress. Yeah. And now all yeah. his content is around driving traffic back to his website. So he's, he doesn't have a strategy session. He has a shop. So now people buy from the shop. Um, I've got a sheep shearing hoodie uh, that I've asked for uh, on its way. Um, so it's like you've got to outsource this stuff. Um, you've got to be smarter as we move forward in 2024 you've got to be smarter your job is not to do everything and to be burnt out and to sweep the floors and fix the photocopier why would you think about that why would you so i think you know and i i do this every so often in my mind i'm like okay this week i'm not going to touch a keyboard other than replying to emails and telling people what to do i'm not doing websites i'm not doing emails i'm not doing anything i'm just going to uh, Graham's my number two in command uh, and he looks after all the delivery. Graham, can we jump on a call? I've got an idea. I want to run it. So uh, this week we're just running some Facebook ads for merchant cash advances as it happens. So landing pages all created over the weekend and our team's put it all together. I've not touched the keyboard once. All of that is now in place. And so I think business owners should should do this. Like they talk about freedom and getting out of the rat race. And not, actually what we're doing is working 50, 60 hours a week. Well, I can't trust my people to do it right. Well, you've got the wrong people then, or you've not trained them. Take responsibility, right? So how about you don't do anything, you pass it all on to them, and instead of moaning that they've done it wrong, show them how to do it right. Because next month, you you won't have to work. And so I think, you know, we, talk, we started off talking about the marketing trends and what's coming through. And obviously, they have to be uh, outsourcing more. And uh, if they don't do that in 10 years' time, we'll still be having the same conversations. It's that important. Yep. And, that, no, and, and you know, it's really interesting because that's normally what happens. What happens is, especially with working with the types of clients that I work with, is that it just holds them back, right? You, mm. you know, there's only so much time in the day, ladies and gents, right? You're going to hit a ceiling. You're going to hit a wall. You, you desire something. But in order to do that, you've got to let go of something in order to to do something but dan's absolutely right he's absolutely spot on so uh kudos um interestingly um i was going to say to you um marketing agency you've been doing that for like 10 plus years um now if you was to so this is a really interesting thought process here if you had to start again with your marketing agency and you had a very shoestring budget right of like you know just getting it up and running what are some what what would be say the first three things that you would do that would you know to try to keep costs down obviously you know being a being a baby a startup or you know something someone that is like kind of dipping their toe in in terms of like looking at marketing more seriously what are the three things that you would do straight away 
So we actually started a lettings agency many, many years ago. We sold it in 2011. And we started that business off with a £10 domain. And off that, we built a website. And we had uh, leaflets printed um, on my inkjet printer back then. And then we'd go and we'd drop them off through the letterboxes. And we started the lettings agency just off that. And so that worked very well. And I love this idea of starting a business on a, a tiny, tiny budget. And I see, you know, I'm in some small business groups and they're like, oh, I need a, a 10 grand loan for stock. And I'm like, dude, you're just going to have 10 grand's worth of stock in your garage for the next year. It's such a bad idea, you know. How about you sell some, sell 10 and then buy 10 and then distribute those and then sell another 10. So I love I love all of that. So it, it's irrelevant as to what the business is. I, you know, we all have mobile phones, and if we haven't got a mobile phone, you can borrow your friends, log into their accounts, uh, log into your accounts on Facebook, and you can go live stream on Facebook. You can buy a domain name for one ninety nine. You don't even have to buy it. You can go to Wix and get a really crappy domain name just just so you have a presence of some kind. You know, but you don't need money to start up as a business. What you need is attention and somewhere to send that attention. The Calendly allows one uh, meeting uh, type. So you could have 10 meetings a day, 15 minutes long, one meeting type. You can close business off that. So you only really need three things. You need uh, content or attention. You need somewhere to send them, uh, which might be a website or, or whatever. that, Or it could even be a strategy session. Okay. And then you need a methodology to close that client. They're the three things. Uh, the methodology is the sales call or the sales copy on the website. So the website of a strategy session are interchangeable for me. Depends on, you know, you might be selling uh, cups, let's say, mugs, uh, novelty Marvel mugs, like the one I'm drinking from right now. So you could be selling those. So that's fine. Or you might be selling coaching. So you have to get people onto a strategy session. But the methodology of closing them, that has to be something that's thought through properly it can't be just well i'm going to get them on a call i've got these mugs and the 10 pounds each do you want one like that's not going to cut it in 2024 you've got to have <laughs> a, a more sophisticated method of closing people yeah they're the absolutely. three things love it love it love it now interestingly enough i know we're kind of coming towards the end of our conversation yeah. but something that kind of come to my mind as well and, and we haven't really spoken about this but paid ads whether it be Facebook ads, YouTube ads, whatever it might be, whatever ad do you think about. But when should people decide or when should a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners decide when to make that decision to move over to paid ads? Like, because, you know, because, you know, you could spend X budget, you know, and I know that there is a, and I certainly believe this because I've experienced it myself. When you're at that pivotal moment, where you're creating that content, you get a little bit of traction, whatever it is. You've got some good cash flow. You've got good lead gen coming in and whatever it is, but you want to improve upon it. But then you could go absolutely AWOL and go into paid ads with very little knowledge. And there's this kind of fear factor. And I remember actually, and I'll quickly share a quick experience. We ran a, a Facebook ads <laughs> campaign um, probably again about four years ago now. Yeah. But basically we ended up basically, you know, going through burning through a lot of cash and not getting a lot of results and so that kind of leaves a little bit of a sour taste sour taste in your mouth and you think oh paid ads don't work right or do you, do you know what i mean so I'd, I'd love to kind of get your insight about that so um the number of people that we speak to that have done exactly what you've described is yeah. almost everyone <laughs> right and it's like you know 
I'm a heart. Uh, I'm, I'm not a heart surgeon, but I saw the guy do it on a weekend, and I've been on a weekend call, so I'm going to do the operation on myself. It's like, why would you do that? Or your, or your loved one? You would never even dream of it. But you're going to run the equivalent on your business to run Facebook ads. You're going to burn through a lot of cash. It, it just, it just doesn't make sense at all. You're not an expert on Facebook ads. You've got no experience on Facebook ads. You've not run multiple offers on multiple industries to see what works. And so and that's not a go at you. It's just to go at everyone, right? So, <laughs> so it's like, why would you do that? It's it just, it's not going to work. And so, you know, even us with all this experience in running paid ads rarely get it right first time because there's so many nuances in so many different products and so many different markets. You, it's testing. That's what it comes down to. Well, we've got this picture and we think this picture is going to work and that's the only picture we're going to use. Well, what about this one? Completely opposite. Let's test it. Well, we don't think that will work. Well, it's not down to us to think. It's down to the market to tell us if that image is going to work. So it's down to testing, split testing, A-B testing and so on. Um, I think the I just want to clarify what the differences between paid and content are. With content, it's what we call push marketing. So if I need a 24-hour plumber, I'm not going to go to Facebook and look for a 24-hour plumber at 3 o'clock in the morning with water bursting through my pipe, right? I'm going to go to Google. So Facebook is push marketing. Google is pull marketing where I'm pulling the, the plumbers to me because I need a very specific 24-hour emergency plumber in LS1, Leeds 1, right? That's a very specific thing. So it depends on what the business is, first of all. The pension stuff that we do works very well on Facebook ads, and it probably would work very well on Google pay-per-click. But then we're up against the big boys that are spending £5 a click, and we don't want to do that. So the Facebook ads one works better. So, again, just in those examples there, there's so many different nuances as to really what you should be doing. Uh, when we had the lettings agency, we also created a furniture packages company that we sold at the same time. So we worked very hard on search engine optimization, had multiple websites all on page one. And then we also ran um, Google pay-per-click adverts. And little t things, just testing, like uh, guarantee to rent your property quicker. That was one headline. And then another headline was rent your property quicker, full stop, guaranteed, full stop. The second one worked better, all down to a full stop. Who would have known that without split testing? And that's what, will, that's what will happen. It's your market will dictate what's going to work, not you or I or anybody else. You have to test it. Yeah, love it, love it. Some good stuff that was. Um, yeah, no, that's it's, it's been a real, uh, first of all, it's been a real eye-opener, you know, with regards. To, I think this has been a really cool episode, like, I'd love doing these types of episodes. You know, it's just kind of like just jamming and just kind of having these casual conversations, nothing too serious. Uh, for you guys that have been listening in, I hope that you've been getting some good golden gems. You know what? What I find is listening to these types of episodes is that even if you picked up like, you know, three or half a dozen golden, golden nuggets, right, just from these sessions or whatever it is, hopefully you'll be able to then kind of go away – to your business and kind of make some, you know, some fine tune, fine tune. Cause most, most of you guys know what you're doing, but you know, to make those fine tunes are really going to be the difference to kind of going from where you are to where you want to go. So, uh, but Dan, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for being on today's show. I really appreciate you, man. That's my pleasure. Anytime.
And uh, what I was going to say, just before you go, actually, um, what are you working on? I know you mentioned about the fact that you, you know, you're focusing very much on on your marketing agency. But what specifically, you, um, you know, is there anything specific that you, you know, that us guys can help you with? There isn't really. I mean, our focus for 2024 is client acquisition, and mm. and that also means that our clients that we acquire, their focus will be client acquisition as well. And actually, that's the side of our business that we're growing massively in 2024. We have all the content all lined up, um, and the content delivery teams are all lined up. Our next big thing in 2024 is client acquisition for ourselves, which you know leads to client acquisition for our clients. And uh, but certainly if we need anything, we'll hit you up. That's for sure. Very cool. Very cool. And for you guys that have been listening in, uh, make sure you check out Dan over on social media and also his podcast as well. Uh, he's got a wicked YouTube channel and uh, and he, I mean, he's everywhere, literally everywhere. <laughs> so it's really, really good. So anyway, uh, from me and Dan, hope you bit, hope you're well. And uh, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please feel free to reach out to myself. And uh, feel free to reach out to Dan if you have any questions just mention the podcast. Anyway, from me and Dan, hopefully we'll see you soon. Take care and we'll see Thank you soon. Cheers now. Thanks for listening to The Business Strategist with Adam Strong. Follow Adam on LinkedIn, YouTube and adamstrong.net. Leave a review on Apple or Spotify.